0: Let's talk about politics this Christmas. Let's get deep in the weeds. Cause more unnecessary tension is what this family needs. Let's trim the tree with chaos and see how weird we get. Let's talk about politics this Christmas. We haven't even started drinking yet. New for Christmas 2020 from awesome tech records and tapes, it's Let's Talk About Politics This Christmas. That's right, Let's Talk About Politics This Christmas is the hot new Christmas jam from Brandon and Beth that's definitely not at all based on real arguments we've had with our families. Check out the whole track at brandonandbeth.bandcamp.com and if you're a family member, please don't yell at us about this. Merry Christmas! Don't worry, you've got daddy here. He's got credit cards and
1: cash.
2: Is this anything? Oof. Are you just, this is nothing. You Blung. don't even, you're just making. Blum, this, is this even bling. a change, to anything? Or are you it's, just it's, making it's, fake uh, bell noises? It's, it's, uh, it's Miyazaki
0: pian- Piano. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your faves. I'm your host and uh re- renowned uh, mouth pianist, Brandon Beck.
2: That sounded more like a drowned recorder. Someone trying to play a recorder underwater.
0: Yeah, like the
2: like the sheet music
0: requests. It was for Ponyo. They they wanted to make it sound wet, so they played it underwater.
2: <laughs> gross. You're gross. Oh. Oh. I'm your other host. Who are host, you? Introduce Bess yourself. <laughs> I was doing it. God.
0: <laughs> oh God bless. Uh, God bless. Anyway, internet and welcome. delay.
2: Welcome to our guest, uh, Jessica Jem, who's here to talk with us about Spirited Away and Miyazaki and not Drowned Recorders.
1: No, that's that's next week.
2: That's next week. Actually, next week is the Cats episode. Oh, which is the same thing. Pretty much. I was right. You're right. The Drowned Recorder episode. I
0: forgot that next week is when we make the Jellicle choice, which we recorded six months ago in a much (laughs) different world.
2: Yeah. And yet. And Still chaos. Right. This is the 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 chaos of the, of Cats twenty nineteen reigns over the entire year. Well, here's the thing: nothing has
1: been the same since Cats was released, and you can't yeah. tell me that Cats yeah. was the catalyst. <laughs> nothing the
0: good has happened since Cats through.
2: was released,
0: <laughs> and and not even not even nothing good like nothing normal has happened nothing since. Normal. Like we we're, we're living in a world where legitimately one of the best theatrical theatrically released films this year was Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Oh, uh, where Jim Carrey is both funny And hot uh,
2: Jim Carrey is not in the same movie <laughs> Yeah first off First off Drew Carey isn't in the movie At all Jim Carrey is
0: I said um, Jim Carrey
2: oh I thought you said Drew
0: <laughs> No 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 no, 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 no. I, I'm not talking about Disgraced whose line is it anyway Host <laughs> see now here's
1: the thing If it was Drew Carey instead of Jim Carrey I probably would have watched
2: it <laughs> It was It was very funny Um, We I saw, I saw it with a couple of our friends, uh, John and David, and there were these... Oh, and Kevin, before he moved away. Oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. But the three... I went to see it with the three guys, and there was this little boy in front of us who was just having, like, the greatest reactions to the movie <laughs> out loud. It was so pure. We were sitting there, and he would say something, and John would, like, grab my leg, and I was like, oh, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> He's like, this is the greatest movie-going experience I've ever had.
0: So it was basically that kid, uh, the last time we rode Test Track at Epcot, yeah, there was this true. kid uh, in the car in front of us that when we got to the fast outside part, just spent the whole time going,
2: this is awesome! Oh my yeah! god! It was and so he's good. he's screaming, and I'm like, we're going 40 miles an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fast for kids. But that's
2: fast. Well, that's also, it's also an open car. It's also yeah. an open car.
0: Yeah, you're going 65 in a convertible, but it's outdoors at, like, a 45-degree f- angle.
2: But, yeah, that kid was just having the time of his life. It was so good.
0: It was so Ugh. good.
2: Speaking of things that are so good, hey, Brandon, what are you into this week? No, I did it! Ha-ha!
0: <sighs> you know, this week... Oh, boy. I am into... No, I actually have one. Um... So I recently discovered, uh, via just some uh, stumbling around on the streaming service Nugs.net, which is JamBand <laughs> Spotify. No. Essentially, yeah, JamBand, JamBand Spotify, um, the service that I accidentally paid uh, for a full year of at once rather than monthly. No because no at the
2: beginning of this year yeah because
0: i'm a dipshit who didn't read the uh free trial closely enough oh girl no
2: yeah so now he's just got that
0: (laughs) yep i mean don't get me wrong i already subscribed to nugs i just had to renew for the year and wanted to get my seven free days um but uh nugs.net is is home to lots of good jam band shows it's where a lot of like jam bands put their new shows like after they've played them like that's how i've kept up with the last like mo tour that's how i uh, sort of got into the band goose um but the thing i'm specifically into this week is i have just discovered on nugs.net a uh a small cachet a small uh, a small bounty of precious minerals of uh jimmy buffett shows ranging from the early 90s up until the mid 2010s Most of them smack in the mid to late '90s, which is like prime Jimmy, as far as I'm concerned. That was when he was in his like cosmic period, and so a lot of his space, uh, a lot of his uh, stage banter was about like spaceships and shit. We've had a good time on the moon, but we gotta load up our spaceship and head back down to planet Earth right now. Oh hell no, let's go to Margaritaville first. Boy. And it and it rules. Um, and there are actually a lot of uh, a lot of deep cut songs that uh, don't really get played live all that often, and also maybe haven't even gotten an official live release. Like it, there, oh, there was a boy. chunk of time where he was just throwing like Fish. He was just throwing every concert he recorded onto a, a you know a box set and selling it God. at Walmart.
2: I haven't even heard about you talking about this yet, so this must be a very new discovery.
0: Oh, yeah. I discovered this a couple nights ago and uh, have just been hoarding over them like a little rat.
2: Oh, boy. That makes it weirder. That You saying yep. that just makes it weirder.
0: But there are also... There's not one, but two shows from the Fruitcakes tour. Um, oh, boy. But it, so it's, it's got a lot of, like deep cuts and cool tracks that, like, maybe have not really been released in an official live setting, and there's also just lots of, like, you know, weird Jimmy Buffett stage banter, which is uh, about my favorite thing in the world.
2: (laughs) I know you do enjoy, like, city-specific stage banter.
0: Oh yeah, he, um, he definitely has spots.
2: He's got one anecdote about every city. And it's just the same anecdote that he's been using for 30 Mm -hmm. years. (laughs) I
0: I have seen Jimmy Buffett play in and around the Charlotte area probably four or five times. Every time he told the story about uh, in the late 80s or early 90s uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, there was three days of The Grateful Dead and then two days of Jimmy Buffett right afterwards. And uh, you could tell who had been there for all five days and then he played uncle john's band
2: oh boy i bet you could
0: um so so yeah um if, if you want a small uh you know meteorite uh of jimmy buffett shows uh sign yourself up for a free seven-day trial to nugs.net
2: i know that it'll charge you for the full year at the end of it uh i mean <laughs> that's true I think what I'm specifically into at this exact moment is this news alert that Don Jr has covid but that's no. not really the thing I'm into oh. this week.
1: Did we just apparently, get that like, right now? Yeah, like 7 lot minutes lot
2: ago like and apparently he's been quarantining since Monday and is asymptomatic which is just unfair.
0: Um, yeah, <sighs> just to give everybody a proper a proper timestamp we're uh, when we we're recording this we're 1 day out from uh, Rudy's hair just leaking all over his face.
2: It's November 20th, as, as we could just say the date.
0: Yeah, the day that Rudy's hair started melting.
2: Okay, well, whatever, that was yesterday. Anyway, what am I, oh God, what am I into this? Actually, you know what I'm into this week? I'm into the Netflix extended Christmas universe. <laughs> this, was w- this is
0: wild <laughs> to me.
2: I explained this to you yesterday. So...
0: Cannot believe this. Uh,
2: Netflix. Netflix has created its own like cinematic universe of and this is not news to people but like well it is news to some people but they've created their own cinematic universe of like fake small european countries for americans to go and fall in love with a prince in there are at least three and uh they all exist in the same universe um it's uh belgravia Uh. monrovia and i don't remember the third one monrovia is old
0: though that's been used before
2: but um, but it's the, it's, it's wherever
0: it's wherever duck soup takes place.
2: It doesn't matter. There's there's three of them. Two of them are in the the princess switch movie. Which the reason I was. Thinking about this is last night, they, uh, I watched, they came out with a new Princess Switch movie, which is the Vanessa Hudgens one, um, which, like, the first one was, like, a shitty Prince and the Pauper, and this one, they're, they've added a third lookalike, so now Vanessa Hudgens plays three people um, in a completely unwarranted sequel, uh, and there are also three movies in the other country I can't remember the name of, um, which has the girl from... I zombie and it's like first they meet and then the second one is about them getting married and then the third one is about them having a baby and like they mention the like royals from the other movies in each other's movies and at the end of this one i watched last night the princess switch switched again which is a terrible title um (laughs) you there's like an insert shot of of those of the the woman of the eye zombie girl and her like prince husband and their baby like in the crowd at the coronation at the end of this like they were invited as neighboring royals like it's they were clearly not on set with anybody else like they're not in the crowd in the wide shots there's just like this one insert of them and no one else (laughs) um i don't know i just think it's really funny that netflix has created its own christmas cinematic universe of fake small european countries (laughs) You know, that's, that's
0: not, thinking about it, that's not the wildest thing that's ever happened. I mean, It's
2: not the wildest thing, but I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's delightful. Oh, it's
0: hilarious. It's so, it's so, it's so good that that exists when, like, there's no reason for it to. <laughs> Though they did, I, I think they, they missed an opportunity by not calling the sequels to The Princess Switch, The Princess Bottom, and The Princess Top. I said they messed up by not calling the sequels to the princess switch, the princess bottom, and the princess top. Folks.
2: You kept Uh. cutting out as you were saying that both times and that's good. Um,
0: oh I'll say, I'll say it again um, They really missed an opportunity no, by no, not no, calling the sequels no. to the princess switch The princess bottom and the princess top
2: I only got one It really doesn't for matter because he records his own audio So he was going to put that joke in whether we wanted it or not
0: Oh yeah there's nothing that can stop me from from making a joke about how they m- missed an opportunity By not calling the sequels to the princess switch The princess bottom and the princess top
2: But are there any Muppets involved? There are no Muppets so it well, doesn't that's
0: matter bullshit. No, There
2: are no Muppets uh, there are no songs, Ugh. just a lot of Vanessa Hudgens, who, to Ugh. her credit, she's playing three different characters with different accents and like like she's she's killing it as someone playing three different distinct people. To be clear, it's just a ridiculous movie. <laughs> Is
0: that, uh, that other thing you watched, uh, Jangle Jangle, or, uh... Oh, no,
2: that was Jingle Jangle. They put out all the Christmas movies for Netflix at, like, November 1st this year, so I've just been watching them because they're there and stupid. But no, Jingle Jangle was also very delightful, and that one was a musical.
0: And that's the one that kind of has the Welcome to Marwin looking people in it. Uh... Or at least the one guy in the trailer. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, well, there's a, like, storybook portion up top that, like, the storybook portion is told with, like, little toy-looking things, but that's not, like, the, the movie's not that. Oh, it's just the storybook gotcha. introduction portion has some people that, oh, you're thinking of, there is one character that is voiced by, I want to say, Enrique... Ricky Martin. Okay. And he is a small toy man. Yes, he is. In okay, the movie, yeah, that's exactly like what I'm thinking of. The whole movie.
0: <laughs> the tr- the the glimpses of it I've seen made it seem like it was about uh toy Ricky Martin.
2: He's definitely a very important part of the movie, but he's not in the majority of the movie.
0: Mm. Okay, so he's like the Mr. Lawrence from Merry Christmas, Mr. Mr. Lawrence to uh, to uh. uh jangled till you drop or whatever it's called
2: it's called jingle jangle um, jingle jangle and it was very good it's got a fucking all-star cast um it's like an it's an entirely black movie it's a black cast it's got like black influences in like the cult in the the costumes it's like a dickensian like steampunk mashup with like african-american culture and like the music is written by, by black artists. Like it's, it's fuck. It slaps. It slaps. It's a charming movie. You know, it's got Forrest Whitaker. He's great as always. It's got this little girl in it who's brand new and she is holding her own with like Forrest Whitaker and, um, what's her name? Nani Rose. Uh, fuck. I can't remember her name. Anyway, there are quite a few good like early Christmas things on Netflix, but uh, I was specifically talking about their insane cinematic universe. But that's what I'm into this week.
0: They did miss an opportunity by not calling the sequels to it Jingle Bottom and Jingle Top.
2: Okay, there's not a sequel. This one only came out this year.
0: Then uh, I need to leave the show uh, for a minute and go work on a pitch document for uh, Jingle Bottom and Jingle Top.
2: Okay, how about I just told you that it's an entire black-created franchise so you don't make jokes about writing it as the whitest man on earth?
0: That is also very true. Got to cut this part out. Cool.
2: Perfect. hey jj what are you into this week <laughs> other no, than me I'm roasting my it. husband <laughs> <laughs>
1: um currently i'm really into i'm into something that has been around for a while i have i am re-watching with with matthew all of rupaul's drag race which i watched years ago and um you know there's a, a few seasons a lot of seasons that i haven't seen yet and um we're just kind of going um randomly we're we're not starting from c- season one and going to 12 we're like doing four nine three seven ten one hike
2: yeah it's, yeah, not, exactly. a, it's not chronological who and cares it's it's, <laughs>
1: it's, it's it's not but man every time i watch an episode i'm just like fuck this show is incredible this is this is some like the best shit i've ever seen and you know he really really likes it he had never seen, seen it before so it's really good if you haven't watched any of it i would highly suggest you watch any season at all it's on wow which is world of wonder and it's on um hulu i think and god i want to say cbs (laughs) i think i don't know It's on, it's on all right all right and um yeah that's currently my favorite thing to watch in the whole world i can binge like 10 episodes in one sitting perfectly happy and um man it's 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 just so good it doesn't ever get any worse it's just it's 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 perfect
2: that's just yeah that's one i've never watched i've watched a lot of like competition shows i've just never seen that one
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna let my cis white guy show for a minute a minute huh what what is (laughs) (laughs) fair fair (laughs) um explain drag to me i so many people that i know like, are so deeply in love with this show in particular, and drag in general, but, like, I feel like there's something I'm missing. What what do you mean? Just, like, I... I I, I don't... Maybe I'm not phrasing it right. I I just... I feel feel about drag the same way I did about wrestling. I feel like there's so many people whose opinions I respect uh, are are into this thing that I just... I don't... I don't have an entry point. Like, I don't... Like, I don't know it just seems so, like such a I don't know I'm not explaining myself well a at all.
1: drag queen is usually a male who uses um drag clothing and makeup and and pads to imitate a female so basically right. what, what they do is they pick a character they they create this character I'm going to use my favorite drag queen of all time her name is Trixie Mattel and she heard that name Yes, yes, of course. She um she has albums out. She's like a country singer, and she idolizes a few people, but one of them, most notably, is Dolly Parton. So um so it's basically someone who who um pads themselves to look like a very exaggerated female who who performs, who lip syncs, who walks the runway, who is this character and takes them to a whole you know incredible level. It's like have. really
2: elaborate performance art. Yes, and, it's and
1: extremely like, elaborate. Yeah. Simil-
2: similarly, Brandon, where you're like, oh, it's like the wrestling thing where I don't get it. Like that's okay. It doesn't have to be for you.
0: Oh, exactly.
2: <laughs> it may and not you be really a have thing to that get it pre- to enjoy yeah. it. You, know? you, don't you don't have to have get, to get really it. Quite like, understand?
0: Just, oh yeah, yeah. It 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 wasn't coming from a place of like I need this to be for me. No. It's just like uh, it's it's the same reason like we do this show honestly of like like just wanting to understand. Why this resonates so deeply with people, you know? Because
2: it's really impressive performance art. First off, the makeup to do it alone is a skill. Trixie
1: Mattel has extremely. Um, she has one of the most famous faces in drag history. Her her makeup is its own. It's its own thing. It's incredible. Like you can see it anywhere and be like, oh, that's Trixie Mattel. I know that makeup or oh, that person is doing Trixie Mattel, which is just fucking incredible that you can do something like that. But I I, I think what's really, really cool about Drag Race is it really gives the middle finger to gender and gender identity and gender politics. And like they really just take something that we so rigidly have in place specifically in this society or many societies, probably all societies. Actually, let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. And they give the middle finger and they do what they want with their physical being and they become whomever they want. Whether it's female, non-binary, it's, it's, and that's so impressive to me because you know how I feel about gender. I just, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> that sort of like exasperated sound for me it's like oh like how am yep. i gonna perform my femininity today oh you know that sort of thing and so it's really fun seeing other people who have that same sort of like well i was born in this body and society tells me to be this but i'm gonna slap on some hip pads and i'm gonna put on some lipstick and a fucking lace front wig and i'm gonna walk the runway and i'm gonna be the fiercest bitch you've ever fucking seen and it's it's so incredible. It's so incredible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That,
0: you know, that makes, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Are they on Netflix?
1: Uh, no, they are on, if you have World of Wonder, which is WoW Presents, um, that's like an app that you could put on your um, smart TV. But if you don't have that, there's, I think there's a lot on Hulu and um, the CBS app. So if you have Hulu, you can definitely watch some Drag Race. Oh, and there's also like, so there's RuPaul's Drag Race, which is a main competition. But bitch, you're only getting half. What you really want to watch is called Untucked, uh, which is the behind the scenes. Like after they like do the whole competition and catwalk when the judges are talking about who they're going to put up to lip sync for their life. They go backstage and they have a drink and um, they fucking fight. (laughs) <laughs> they're just, they just like argue and fight. <laughs> like, bitch, what the fuck you say about me? Or like and they go like really like deep dive into like that's uh, so, like, the like reality
2: like, TV portion of yes, it. Yes. <laughs> like,
1: it, it doesn't even have to be fight they're Like they can deep dive into their like past traumas with their family, with like with with anything. Drugs, alcohol, sexual assault. Like it's like these people are fully realized human beings. And uh, um RuPaul's drag race is great because you get to see who they are as drag queens, but then untucked, you get to see the face behind the makeup it's and that's incredible. So it's like, it's, it's kind of like a two part show. You can just watch a uh, drag race if, if you want, but I would highly recommend watching untucked too. So there's one episode per episode. So it's okay. just like, you you can see it in order. It's, that's the shit, man. Nice. <laughs> Untucked nice. is great. Hell yeah. So that's what I'm really into. That's <laughs> I awesome. Do, I could probably do a whole episode on Drag Race. You know what? What are we
2: supposed to be talking about right now? I'll have to watch them and then we'll come back. <laughs> I'll watch some Drag Race. Y'all finally have you have me watch them and then we'll come back. Just come over one to one my ride. house
1: We'll put it on the projector and we'll just fucking binge for like three days.
2: Great. So lock the Perfect. door. We'll watch that next time I come over to use your machine for laundry. No, there you gonna go. go the I'm going to go down the street. I got to go to the laundromat. <laughs>
0: So now, uh why don't we untuck ourselves from oh. this realm? Do you know what and that tuck Brandon? ourselves through a Brandon? long he weird doesn't. tunnel. He doesn't just let him what? let him
2: make this metaphor make it weird. Just let him oh, hang right, alone. No. What? Never mind. Nothing. Wait, no what did
0: I fucked up, didn't I? <laughs>
2: no. No. No.
0: Rock out uh, with your cock tucked. And uh <laughs> T- through this uh, tunnel into a, a sort of spirit realm. I was trying to segue you guys. You don't have I to be you jerks were, about it,
2: was, it. It was such a specific segue. <laughs> that was so you know, weird. It's the very it's, I was talking about the beginning of the movie. and penises.
1: And penises.
0: Oh yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. You yeah. know Chris,
1: when they tuck, you know what?
0: Never mind. Yeah. don't
2: worry about it.
0: Spirit away. Anyway, fucking Spirited
2: great it away. Left you,
0: you don't have to be Mia's assholes. <laughs>
2: All right, I'll give you that one. (laughs) I'll I'll give you that one. Okay, okay. (laughs) Fine, you
0: guys transition then. I'm not doing it.
2: Well, we're already transitioned at this point. God damn it, we're already in. We're already in. We're there. Get in. Get on board with us. Join. Join. Get on the train with us. Come on. A boat. And a boat and oh God, and, and the car at first because dad and the car at first the whole thing just the entire movie is based on the premise that a man was just not capable of asking for directions which is just like so true
0: yep <laughs> well hauling ass through what looks to be like the turnpike between where we went to college and connecticut oh huh. no,
2: he drives through the woods
0: yeah, but it feel it feels like whatever that uh, turnpike was called, Are whatever that highway was Are you talking about
2: the Merritt Parkway?
0: Yeah, I'm talking about the Merritt Parkway.
2: Okay. It's uh, Merritt Parkway is not a dirt road through the woods, but thank yeah, you. Yeah, but it, f-
0: it feels like it, and he's hauling ass through that thing. So yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. Well, he's kind of on cobblestones and dirt. Yeah. So
2: either way, though, this is the whole movie is based on the premise of a dad just couldn't ask for directions. No, I know a shortcut. The <laughs> yeah, most dad shortcut. thing of all time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and for that, he gets punished by being turned into a pig.
2: Well, no. Oh, he gets no. punished
1: because he ate a whole bunch of fucking food.
2: That didn't belong he to He didn't
1: that. ask for permission. And he just, like, you know, stormed into a restaurant and ate everyone's dish. You know, I think you might get in trouble for that, too. That's true. Spirited Away at its heart
0: is about consent.
2: It is, in a way. I, I like how <laughs> yes, he was just like, true, it's yes. fine. <laughs> when I was watching he it, said, I was... He said
0: daddy's got credit cards and
1: cash
2: yeah (laughs) when i was watching it earlier today i almost texted you oh is that what matt says whenever he walks into a restaurant it's okay daddy has credit cards and cash
1: dad just like flooring it through the forest like don't worry i got four wheel drive (laughs) (laughs) oh that is that's very much so like matthew yes (laughs) flooring it in forest who cares
2: (laughs) whatever make it work Take it work.
0: If you haven't seen this movie or have a deep <laughs> knowledge of our friendship circle, the last any six minutes of this podcast aren't gonna have made any I'm sorry. sense. <laughs> I'm
2: that's sorry. well, we had Matt on last week, so, <laughs> well,
0: so they kind of know who Matt is if they, you know, listen to his episode. And he did introduce himself by saying Daddy has credit cards and cash. Yeah, there you go. That's how he that's what he says to everyone. Yeah, it's how he buys his anime with credit cards and cash. <laughs> Is that what we talked about? No, we talked about RPGs.
2: For real, though, what about of of all of the Miyazaki movies? Like, what is it about this movie that like really resonates with you?
1: With me personally? So this movie came out in 2003 here in America. It came out in 2001 in Japan. And when it came out in Japan, everyone was just kind of like,
0: holy shit. Like biggest movie ever easily office, right? it
1: made um it, there, it, there's only been one animated movie that has made more in box office in Japan and here and it's um your name yes thank you thank you um it made like hold on I, I hold on it was no, it's like,
0: JJ your name is JJ oh
1: yeah oh, me, me yes but here in the US for the box office it, it made 355.5 million dollars
0: Shit, dog
1: which is insane especially for like year 2003. An yeah. animated film. It also won the Academy Award. Like it just completely swept the world up into this incredible fantasy land. Because before that, I really feel like people who thought of anime uh, really thought about like Sailor Moon, which yeah. is great. Everyone loves Sailor Moon, but it's not everyone's cup of tea, really, and that's okay.
2: Comparatively, for people who maybe have seen other ones, who like like another one everybody knows about is My Neighbor Totoro. That only made forty one million. Compared yes. to 355
0: yeah. 55. and a half. <laughs> yes. The yeah. Totoro <laughs> also has like a similar sort of cultural permutation. Um, if or, uh, uh, Not permutation. Uh, like has just seeped way more into the culture. Like Totoro permeation. is essentially their... Permeation. yeah. yeah. Uh, is essentially okay. their like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And that's what
1: makes um, Miyazaki's film so incredibly special. Is that this world is for everyone. You don't have to be super into anime or super into Japanese culture or super into anything to sit down and watch this film and be swept away and be incredibly in love with these characters because they're so normal, especially in Spirit Away. Like the little girl, the lead character, her name is Chihiro, and she is just a regular 10-year-old girl. She doesn't have any superpowers. She doesn't have any like trauma that she's working through except for you know finding her parents but that's you know the the premise of the film she's just a regular girl
2: and at the beginning she's just a very good girl who doesn't want to break the rules and just keep screaming stop we're gonna get in trouble we're gonna get in trouble. she's exactly. such a precious babe you just want to protect her
0: boy do i understand that she has such an incredible arc
1: as a child as someone who was very timid and shy and didn't want to do anything to get in trouble or didn't really want to, you know, make her mark. She was like, I don't want to do anything. But then over the course of, you know, the 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 two-hour film, she's kicking ass and taking names to get her parents back and to fight for her friends. And I really appreciate that about Miyazaki because a lot of his um femme characters, they do, <laughs> in fact I think all of them, they're not reliant on the help or the love of a mask character they're not like i need a man to do a thing like even this 10 year old child this girl she's like i don't need anyone to be as special as i can be i don't need anyone to like set me on this path or like my my whole life isn't dictated towards you know finding a partner his i i god i read somewhere that um he got the inspiration for this film in 1997. So, as I don't know if you guys know this, but Miyazaki has this habit of being like, "Well, I'm retiring now," and then yeah. retires for
0: like four yeah. months, and then comes out with the most beautiful film. Yeah, he's the Soderbergh of Japan.
1: That yeah, exactly. What comes out with the most beautiful film you've ever seen, and we're like, he's supposed to be retired, and he's like, oh no, I physically can't. He's kind of like a movie shark. If he if he stops swimming, he just dies.
0: So it's kind ca- it's kind of <laughs> easy to compare him to Walt Disney. But it's like if Walt Disney was also a genius animator and, like, had an incredibly amazing specific eye and wasn't just good at finding talent.
1: Right. Uh, He got the, um, so when he went into retirement in 97, he took all of his friends up to his cabin and his friends took his, like, took their daughters and their daughter's friends. It was like a big family event, right? And he was watching these little girls and, you know, how apathetic they were and, how bored they were with what they were being given in like magazines. I had a bunch of magazines and it was all about like how to find a partner, how to find a boyfriend. Like, are you crushing oh. on this guy? And he was like, that's just not what they wanted. It's not what they connected with. They just, they, they didn't care. So he was like, I wanted to make a film where this 10-year-old girl could be the heroine just by being herself. Just because she was who she was, not because she was on the arm of someone else, and that is fucking rad. I mean, it really is, and that 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 really shines through in every film that he's ever done. Is um even when it is a love story, such as Hal's Moving Castle, it doesn't like a uh, Sophie the, the the lead in that one. She doesn't yeah. need Hal. <laughs> she doesn't need him the fuck at all. Like no. she's just who she is, and Hal it just happens to be there, and they happen to fall in love. But her whole life isn't revolved around like oh, I gotta get the guy, you know. That's so boring. It's more
0: revolved around the Billy Crystal fire.
1: Yes! Calcifer, thank you. May all your bacon burn. That
0: that that, (laughs) In all of the uh, Disney dubs of Miyazaki movies, there's always at least one voice where you're just like, what the hell is that person doing here? And in (laughs) that one, it was Billy Crystal. Um, Though the best is Werner Herzog in uh, uh, whatever that fucking plane movie was called. The Wind Also Rises? Wind Also Rises, yeah. Oh, that movie broke my heart. I saw oh, that in theaters beautiful. and I was like, wow, I didn't
1: know I was going to cry for three hours.
2: So did we. And I almost fell asleep.
1: Not as heart wrenching as Grave- Graveyard of the Fireflies, which I've only seen once and I don't really need to see it again because, I mean, I'm not really into like two hours of watching kids starve to death. It just broke my heart into a thousand fucking pieces. And I was like, well, that I'll never get that back. Never get that part of my heart back. Great. Yeah.
2: We saw Wind Also Rises in theaters as well. And it was the first, I think I had like seen Spirited Away on my own years ago. But other than that, it's the only other Miyazaki movie I've ever seen. But I was very wait, bored and I almost wait, fell asleep.
1: Wait.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry? I, 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 We've I know, talked about I know, this. I know, I know. I'm fucking sorry? You know I've never seen any You have. <laughs> Beth, you have the audacity to invite me on your podcast with only seeing two Miyazaki films?
0: You absolutely horror hey look at the time podcast over
2: there are so many people we invite on the podcast you know what it's been nice i gotta go 80 <laughs> percent of the things that we talk about on this podcast i haven't seen and i make very clear
1: oh god okay well there, so you've never seen house Mo- moving castle no oh,
0: okay well we've got some shit to do <laughs> not right now but- i still yeah. haven't oh. seen jurassic
2: park yet either look we talk <laughs> about these things <laughs>
0: I I yeah I I know hurts I, I know hurts
2: my soul hurts every fiber of my being it's
0: okay she's also only seen one of the two good Back to the Futures
1: well that's fine I can forgive that
0: yeah Same. no every everyone knows that that part two sucks shit and I'm glad you implicitly agreed with me on that anyway moving on uh well, you so you're saying Miyazaki was inspired by uh oh
2: uh, yeah, the, the yeah. Daughters by his teen his teen uh daughter people.
1: Uh, his his uh
0: friend
2: daughters. He's oh, inspired
1: okay.
0: by how much Back to the Future Part two sucks. No.
1: Yes. Also that and Mem. Um, he's just um oh god, hold on. My wires. My wires.
0: She wired me with sons. Hold. Hold. This is a loose one. I like it. I'm having fun. Yeah, I think you'd be into an afternoon zoo crew.
2: Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> fine. It happens. I'm back.
0: We'll we'll just we'll throw it to a commercial and uh classic rock block. That's and funny. uh come back.
2: He'll just cut around it. It's fine. I already left and got tissues halfway through this. Nobody knew.
0: And that was Rick O'Kasic in the cars with my best friend's girl.
2: What was the question again? We were talking about we were talking about how he had retired and he went up to the, the mountain house with his friend's teen daughters and they were like, hey, everything sucks for girls.
1: Yeah, ex- you know, essentially. So he, he likes the right films that speak To the regular person, to the everyman. And he likes to make them fanciful and fantastic and incredible. And something that he is incredibly known for is his soundtracks. Every single film that he's done, the soundtracks stand alone. And they push the film. A lot of films, they they put soundtracks like, they put the song because it fits there. That's great. But his soundtrack is, within itself, a story.
2: Yeah,
0: Which I find... His composer, I, I'm I'm ho- I'm probably gonna pronounce this mildly incorrectly. His name is a uh, Joe Hisaishi, H I S A I S H I.
2: It's all right. It's not the most offensive thing you've done to his work today.
0: That's true. <laughs> that that's that's true. Uh, yeah. Um. His composer is is phenomenal, and he's he's one of those composers where like, if you go on YouTube and just search like Joe Hisaishi piano. You'll get peop- so many videos of people explaining how he, de- like, what his weird intervals are, because he has a very specific sound on his own. If if he were
1: to compose a film that I had no idea he was composing, I could listen to, like, two bars and be like, I know this. I oh, know yeah. this sound. I, like, just, you know, I know his style.
0: Oh, yeah. In the same way that, like, Randy, Randy Newman has his, like, go-to cadences that you can just tell, okay, that's a Randy Newman uh, thing, because it's, it's a mildly nostalgic cowboy melody. Right. Um... But yeah, his, his this guy's uh, music is phenomenal, especially in this film.
1: Yeah, especially in this film. This this film is a powerhouse in every aspect, from characters to animation to script to voice actors to the music. Oh, did you know that the guy who plays Haku, which is the second lead, was also the voice of Max in a Goofy movie? I did
0: know James that, actually. James Marston.
1: Is that his name? Shit, I'm terrible with celebrity names.
2: That's that is a celebrity. Is is James Marsden the the voice of
0: Max in a Goofy movie? No, 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 (laughs) no.
2: You know what? Don't quote me on that because I do know who James Marsden is. And so now, if it was a live
0: action Goofy movie, he would be Max. (laughs) Yes,
2: but now hold on, I have to look up up. film. Yeah, Goof Max Maximilian Goof, voiced by. It's Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden in the oh yeah. we were just talking about him Sales last plans? night because I think
0: he was on Mandalorian or something
2: oh oh yeah because I asked if you met James Marsden and you said no
0: <laughs> yeah but I no but it's I did turns mistake. out I did mean James Marsden
2: turns out you did too. at that time it was no you know what it was I was watching my big fat Greek wedding. And I said, I didn't know who the the, the lead in that. And you were like, oh, I recognize him. He was like the the Jason Marsden of the 90s. And I said, do you (laughs) mean James Marsden? And he said, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We're talking, of course, about John Corbett. You guessed it. That's right. John Corbett. Finally, conversation about him. Star of uh, whatever that FX uh, gambling show was called. I don't know uh it oh, doesn't does matter less. too yeah he does everything
1: he's he's in a lot of animated things
2: yeah he's there's like really there's like 10 working voice actors and uh they do everything half of them are um what's his name and then you're right it's uh, Tom Kenny
0: Billy West John yeah, DiMaggio Frank Welker Maurice LaMarche <laughs>
2: Half of them are Tom Kenny, and the rest of them are Greg Griffin. Um, yep. But, yeah, I mean, it's... in it, 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 The pacing of these movies, too, is really beautiful, and I think a thing that we don't... We tend to... American movies are not paced well.
1: Here's something <laughs> uh, a lot of American That's films really what
2: I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> is that they are full tilt from start to finish. Yeah. You, are, you are stressed out, you're taught from beginning to end, and the viewer just goes numb, which is what we're used to, so it's fine. But with Miyazaki, he'll add scenes where a character will walk to a balcony. There'll be a slight breeze, piano music, and like you'll hear the sound of waves, and they will just be looking. And that scene will last 25, 35 seconds, maybe upwards of like a minute, and then it'll go on from there.
0: And they'll, like, be looking at, like, the most beautiful Macron you've ever seen.
1: Yes, of course. <laughs> and what that does is that lets the story build inside the viewer's head. It lets the suspense build inside the viewer's body without it being fucking slapped into us. We get to go on this journey with them. We get to live how these people would actually live in this scene. Mm-hmm. And even if that's not doing anything. And he's he's also known for, like, his extreme details on things, you know. Um chopsticks falling over if someone knocks into them or like the the sunlight catching on someone's button like these things don't necessarily need to be added and we as Americans we don't add them we're lazy and that's that's fine because we still make incredible films but he adds these things his attention to detail is immaculate and that's what makes his films so ethereal and so beautiful to watch and they give the viewer a sense of calm even when the film itself is not calm
0: there his, his films are both they're both not paced like western films in general and also not like western animation which is sort of expected to have a kind of like hyperkinetic, you know used you know primarily as a medium for children Sort of vibe, and so to have have a movie that sort of like trips your cognitive dissonance on how things are spo- quote unquote supposed to work, you know, as a as a sort of Western audience member, right. Makes them makes them just feel a little bit more like mysterious or new. Or, or new, yeah. You're experiencing um, something
1: that you're not used to, and that's what makes it so special. Like you know, yeah. you're watching something completely new, and that's yeah. so
0: much fun. I think it was, um, it was on the Blank Check podcast. Uh, they did an episode about Spirited Away a year or so ago. And, uh, their guest was, uh, David Reese, uh, one of the hosts of Election Profit Makers and, uh, co-creator of Dicktown. Um, and he said that, like, so much of, of Spirited Away is about, or that all of Spirited Away really is about, like, liminal spaces. And, like, these sort of, like, transitional moments in life. Yeah. Um, and when, and when you look at it like that, it, it... It all makes more sense. it makes a whole lot more well not that it doesn't make sense, but like it, it his movies hit you on a on a level that's often deeper than words. you know? Yes, very, very much
1: so. In fact, you know when Miyazaki creates films, he creates them through storyboard. He doesn't necessarily have a script ever. He lets the movie he lets these images flow through him via storyboard and then the script comes. And often the script isn't even there when they go into filming. He's like, "Well, yeah. it's gonna come." Yeah. And you know what? There's actually a a um, a word for these little scenes that are added. It's called ma. I don't. It's um. It doesn't really translate. Doesn't really exactly, but it's breathing room. It lets the audience breathe and and come back to where they are supposed to be.
2: Yeah, and it's just it's such a unique way of storytelling and like as as someone who works in comics like i i find the way he what you're talking about how he storyboards first very interesting because you know like comics is words and pictures and a lot of times just like movies though it really starts with the script it starts with words and and that's just how we're all trained to that's like in our brains how we're all trained to oh well the dialogue comes first the words come first but that's not necessarily True, you can tell a story yeah. with just pictures. There are beautiful comics, there are beautiful movies out there that are animated and wordless. And like,
1: wordless, right. Stories,
2: like pictures can tell a story and if, if you have that strength, if you're telling the story visually so strongly, then he's absolutely right. The dialogue is less important. And it also means that you can choose your dialogue so carefully and make sure that every line has a purpose, that you're not just talking for the sake of talking.
1: Exactly, and I, that's something that that we fall victim to here is we really put a lot of emphasis on what people say and how they say it and not necessarily what they're doing when they say it or where they are or or how this character feels when they say it it's just words words words
0: so many western films you could just listen to the audio and completely be able to follow what's going oh, I on I do
2: all the time um, yeah I
0: do all the time when i'm working i'll just have a movie on in the background and i know what's happening i don't have to watch it you can't do that with his.
2: And in Spirited Away, in particular, there are so many um, characters that don't speak. The spirits that don't speak. Like the whole scene when she first gets to the boiler room, there's like a really extended that really well, before Radish even, there's the really extended sequence with the with the soot where one of them drops it and then she like picks it up and then they all like that's all very wordless, but it's telling a very clear story. You can tell, you know, who she is, that she's a compassionate person, that she she wants to help the one that got crushed. And then when they all crowd up on her, none of them talk, but you understand what they're thinking. Like it's all done so like Nobody had to say anything, but you know exactly what's going through her mind. You know exactly who these little babies are. You know, it's 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 all like it's you don't even realize nobody's talking because the storytelling is so strong.
1: Right. Language is important, but it's not as important as visuals.
2: No, but it needs to serve. It's it's best used if it's actually serving the story.
0: Right. Exactly. He does a, a really amazing thing in his world building where like so much of the world building, especially in, in this movie, and it's sort of the same in Howls, uh, is is around the just process of doing something like just the process of this is what it's like to work in this bathhouse or this is what it's like to be down in the engine room in this, uh you know, in this castle. And it it makes it gives everything like for as fantastic as the worlds are visually it gives it all a very grounded uh perspective because you're seeing so much of it from uh, the sort of point like inner workings and you're seeing people go kind of about like just sort of doing their job it's all very very real yeah like like it, it's it ticks the same box that like the that 40 minute chunk of 2001 that's just uh footage of commercial space travel going well, um, it it ticks that kind of same box of like, oh, this is just an amazingly rendered world that does so much world building by just like working the way it's supposed to.
2: Right quick uh, quick side note here I'm looking at the list of the English cast members because I don't have voice star like you do Brandon in spirited away who is it for you that is the uh, throw off is it David Ogden Steers or is it John Ratzenberger because they're both there oh and Michael um, Chiklis
0: <laughs> Oh I don't think I knew Chiklis was in there Chiklis is the dad um, <laughs> I thought the dad was Willem Dafoe
2: No oh. You sure Yeah I'm looking at the list Yes I'm looking Hmm. at the credits. The father is Michael Chiklis, Kamaji is David Ogden Steers, and the assistant manager is John Ratzenberger. Um,
0: you know, oddly out of those, uh, none of them really throw me. Um, if only because, like, David Ogden Steers is, like, a tried and true voice actor. Um, and Ratzenberger got thrown in there as, like, because, uh, Pixar was in charge of the dubs at that point. (laughs) But, uh, the Ratzenberger is is the closest to a like, what are you doing here? In that movie, there it's no it's no Werner Herzog in the Plane movie, uh, where I had to do everything in my power to not start laughing. Yeah, in, you were uh, like trying
2: so hard not to lose it
0: at the at the uh, uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music.
2: You were yes.
0: M- much like when we were watching The Mandalorian as well.
2: Oh my god, I cried about the puppet. Every single time uh, Werner Herzog appeared on screen in The Vandalorian, Brandon just started giggling quietly to himself.
0: (laughs) The puppet. He made me weep.
2: (laughs) Every time.
0: I have seen nothing. I have never seen beauty as comparable to this puppet. I have never seen Star Wars. Who are you? Oh my god. Oh, you know, that that should have been my what I was into this week is Werner Herzog interviews about the Mandalorian, where he just talks about how great, how beautiful the puppet is and that he only watches Criterion. Dumb. It rules. Anyway. But you guys were saying.
2: I got distracted by the voice cast, but I was so terrified the first time I saw this when I was in like high school, like I was so horrified by them turning into pigs that terrified me.
1: Yeah, that is a very terrifying scene because it's so realistic. Yeah. It's so like when the when, when the food is falling off the table and the sauces are going everywhere and there's like spit flying out of the pig's mouth and they're still wearing the parents' clothing. It definitely has like smacks of horror film in there, especially for like you're 10 years old and your parents are huge pigs. They're not just like small pigs. Oh no, these are huge pigs.
2: Yeah you know, 30 to 35 feral hogs or whatever the fuck that was.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> oh, it was a simpler time.
2: It was a simpler time.
1: Oh, the feral hogs.
0: <laughs> uh, spe- speaking of, of simpler times and in this particular case, simpler minds, I, I you know, I, I will confess to when I saw this movie, which was when it came out in, in theaters, I really didn't know what to make of it. Like, like it, it felt so like... Like I like I don't know like I, I I I didn't I didn't get it. It felt like I was just like I like this is beautiful, but I don't like what's going on. This just seems like random and and weird and like without having like really any cultural context for it. Aside from like my friends were going with their Odyssey of the Mind group, and I kind of invited myself.
2: Well, this was I mean, two thousand two is when it came Three. out here. Three? Yeah, this Three. would have
0: been I was in like seventh eighth grade i mean
2: this was like pre you being like the biggest movie fuck
0: i yeah I, this like is r- like right before that shift happened or like <laughs> right as that was happening and i hadn't quite realized like oh wait no i'm also going to be a huge animation fuck too i always have i'm just you know through that early teen period of like uh fuck all kid stuff
2: yeah but it's not really i mean it's it's one of those movies that like is mistakenly thought of as like a children's movie just because the protagonist oh, totally. is a child
1: oh that's because a lot of people here in america they equate animation with
2: well children's yes films, also that
1: which couldn't be further from the truth which
2: is like a whole other conversation but on top of that because the protagonist is a child people assume that means it is a children's movie which not that it's not appropriate for children but it's not like exclusively made as children's content
1: Something that's incredible about this film is it spans generations. This isn't for children. This isn't for young adults. This isn't for adults. Or it is for everyone to sit and enjoy. And that's what makes this movie so fucking good. Is that you can take someone who has never seen anime in their life. Who doesn't like cartoons. And they can watch this one and be like, wow, I got something out of that. I've never met anyone who's, not, who's like, eh spirit away it's just
0: okay i'm like you know, get the fuck out of here with that it's beautiful and even like not not knowing what to make of it it is a valid like getting something out of it because it makes it makes you think about it like yeah absolutely i thought about this movie so much more than any other movie i saw that year because like i was trying to figure it out you know yeah like, what the hell did i just watch
2: and i think especially us too i mean Us in general as Americans, but also us in particular as people who live in L.A., um, we're so used to hearing about movies and about all media in terms of like demographics. Who is it for? Who are you selling it to? And Miyazaki is such like a beautiful creator that in his mind, he's just... He doesn't. That's not what he's thinking about. He's thinking about creating the best story, creating the best narrative. Just he's he's like a very true, pure storyteller in a way that I think a lot of creators are not anymore.
0: <laughs> he's absolutely an auteur in the way that you do. You don't. You don't get in an in anima- an animation all that often.
1: Yes, exactly. He's been called that numerous times.
2: Yeah, and it's just the the way that he views storytelling is just so complex and. And beautiful.
1: Miyazaki isn't trying to sell something. He's trying to give something. And that's a feeling or or a thought or or anything. I mean, what, what what I really get out of this film is an unending, untappable sense of calm, peace, serenity. I it used to quell my anxiety. Like when I was in high school, I had really bad anxiety. And then when my mom got sick, the anxiety just It almost took me out, and something that would really calm me down was putting this film on. And still to this day, I sleep to the soundtrack occasionally. I have it on my phone. I listen to it in the car. Um, It is so – I can just hear the first three notes on the piano, and I feel better. It's instantaneous. It's like an instantaneous serotonin you know give
2: well and i know his his storytelling in general has been very important to you. I know you've got the little guys on your car and you've got them on your foot.
1: I have I have two Miyazaki tattoos. Yeah, that's very true. They're they're both located on my left foot cuz they're very easy to cover for work. But I have a Kadama from um Princess Mononoke and I have the paper spirit from Spirited Away.
2: Yeah. And
1: I don't think that's the last of it. I don't think I'm like, well, I'm done getting Miyazaki tattoos. I just, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> they have to come to you. I understand.
1: Exactly. I I don't get them wi- willy-nilly cuz I'd be covered in them if I did. Yes. I do ha- I do have
0: a Totoro tramp stamp.
2: Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. I only have one tattoo that I got on a whim and it's only because I got mine for I I got a random tattoo so that Brandon could get his nerve up to get his.
0: Thank you. I love you very much. It's my solidarity right. tattoo. I Thank it's my solidarity
2: tattoo. No. Oh. No. <laughs> I
0: was really scared.
2: I know you were. It's okay. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Though, like, speaking of that, on top of everything else, like his imagery and his characters are so he has such a distinct visual style. Like, even amongst anime, you look at something and you're like, that is a Miyazaki design.
1: You would instantly know. You could show me one scene or like one cut from a film of Miyazaki that I had never seen before, and I, I could tell you. That it's his, based on color palette, based on feeling, based on everything. It's so him, <laughs> you know. And like it, it,
0: it sort of it sort of goes without saying, but it, but it's worth repeating that like that that sense of like wanting to like give something to the audience and like sort of knowing what you're doing is kind of special. That. Tr- that comes straight from the top and trickles all the way down. yeah like like every aspect of of the movie like the the colors, you know, because animation is such a collaborative medium in a way that you know, even normal filmmaking isn't um that like it's it's easy to to just talk about like the one guy but like it's it's that sort of specificity of vision that is able to get get this kind of work out of an entire, crew of animators and artists and voice actors and musicians and stuff like that and it's 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 really incredible how how of a piece it all feels for for i think that reason
1: yeah yeah he he spans everything it's um oh god what the fuck was i gonna say
0: he spans in the place where he lives
1: <laughs> well yes he is a world builder And I think that's, it's not like a unique thing to be a world builder, but it is a unique thing to be a good world builder. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there, you've seen a lot of films, you're like, it's a whole world. And you're like, "Eh, I mean, is it though? Like, it just seems very surface level kind of bullshit storyline. But he, like, you, you know exactly what's happening in that world.
0: All of his worlds feel like they've existed before the film. And, and go on after, to ex- yeah. Like like yeah. that bathhouse is always gonna be there. Like you, like you know, Porco Rosso is gonna go on a bunch more semi-horny plane adventures. Um, <laughs> it, it, but like you don't really get that sense in in you know most other you know, most other animated things. No,
1: it seems very cut and dry, and once the film ends, it's gone.
0: Yeah, or like, the st- once the story is over, there's no reason to stick around.
1: Right, exactly, but with his films, once the story, that story ends, you know another story begins. It's constantly shifting and building and changing, and it makes it very unique and very special.
2: I think also, kind of to your point, what you're getting at is that he... um. And you can tell me if you agree with me or not, but he's not just a good, there are a lot of, I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this. There are a lot of like famous creators that are very good world builders, but aren't necessarily great storytellers and he is both like george lucas is a great world builder he built the world of star wars star wars wouldn't have been good without steven spielberg and so many other people coming in and being like yo george this script sucks yeah like (laughs) like like miyazaki is able to create these worlds and then also Also come up with the compelling narrative. Also make the characters real. Also do, like, he he just has the full toolbox at his disposal, which is so rare in a brain.
0: And, like, in the the way that, like, the worlds all feel like clockwork, there's, like, the plots also all kind of feel that way, too. Like, they are just these sort of very natural, organic things that just sort of, that just sort of, like, happen along, you know?
1: Right. Well it's one thing to build a world and be like, Yeah, the grass is pink and, and everyone has three horns. You're like, okay, why?
0: But like this is the story that you need to tell in that world. And like he's really good about figuring that out, you like, know? His
1: story makes the world plausible. Oh yeah. And it's not plausible without this story.
2: It's also so culture despite being fantastical, it is so culturally grounded. Um that really just makes it this like beautiful modern mythology. Yeah.
1: Right. And he was really hesitant to, to give these films to any American studio. A, a lot of studios uh, came to him with offers and he's like, mm, no, but then a uh, Disney came and they're like, what we're going to do is we're going to take all your films and we're going to release them. And we're not going to change anything. We're not going to cut anything. We're not going to add anything out of, out of the ordinary that would turn your story into something different. The only things we added for the American culture were um, like when Chihiro first sees the bathhouse and the original film, she doesn't say anything because everyone in Japan knows what a bathhouse is. No one here really knows what a bathhouse is. So she says, Oh, it's a bathhouse done. That's it. Like just little tiny things like that to explain to the audience. Cause like, I've never seen a bathhouse like in real life. I would have no idea. I could maybe guess later on, but it's easy for her to just be like, "Oh, bam, just like that. It's a bathhouse."
0: And that like it, it, it wasn't it, it bears specifying that it wasn't just Disney, it was specifically John Lasseter. John Lasseter, right? It's specifically John Lasseter who was obsessed. Still to say obsessed with his film. And like the timing of it too is that like it was when Pixar was kind of at its at its biggest. Um, but he hadn't full I, I think it was before the Pixar sale, but it was back when like they still had a ton of pull at Disney because because uh, they were making better and more successful movies than Disney was at the time.
2: Yeah, Disney wasn't really Disney animation wasn't doing much.
0: <laughs> and that was and basically John Lasseter was able to use his clout to like get these movies, you know, brought to the States in a way that did them justice.
1: Absolutely. And I really thank John Lasseter for that. Like without him. Who knows if I would have ever seen any Miyazaki films, <laughs> and that is a is a gift that I will have for the rest of my life, and I will pass down to my children. Like these films are special, and they are more special than most films that I've seen. There's something about that, and there's you know the certain je ne sais quoi that makes them so unique. Yeah, and they stand on their own. Yeah, absolutely.
2: They really do. If uh, we we've talked a lot about Spirited Away, but I know there are others that you are a big fan of. If you had to like after Spirited Away, like what are what are some other ones that are like the big ones for you?
1: Ooh, I knew you were going to ask me this, and I've been thinking about it all day. Uh, it is a tie between Howl's Moving Castle and Princess Mononoke. Howl's Mo- Moving Castle was um, based off a book, a trilogy by shit by someone. I've read the books. They're great. And Mizuki turned them into one film, just like like the first book he turned into a film. Yeah, Great. Absolutely fantastic story. Beautiful to watch. Um, the characters are very relatable, even though they are fantastical, which, as you said, Beth, is a uniqueness to Miyazaki.
2: I did look it up. It says the film is loosely based on the 1986 novel of the same name by British author Diana Wynne Jones.
1: Yeah, you should read them. They're all so good and weird. They're nice. really weird. <laughs> um, and then the second one, Princess Mononoke, is is about the dangers of pollution and. Deforestation, which Miyazaki is a real big proponent of that. Like he has often, like in Spirit Spirit away, when he sees the um when the um stink spirit comes, mm-hmm. and they they pull out all the stuff from the stink spirit, and there's like bikes and trash, and then underneath all this muck and garbage and shit is this beautiful spirit that, that comes forth. He got that from he cleaned a river with his friends. Like him and his friends, like they volunteered to clean this river and they pulled out. Bikes and garbage and ca- like all sorts of shit that were, you know, um, manmade. And once they cleaned this river, the, the fish came back and the wildlife came back. And, you know, obviously that that, you know, is to be expected. But for him to see that, you know, firsthand was so um, damning. To him and how much we as humans fuck up our planet really, really drastically. And, you know, he makes these films that he's like, hey, we really need to pick our shit up because we only get one Earth. We we only get one chance, one shot at this. We're not really going anywhere unless Mars happens. But you know what? I don't really know if it's gonna. Not in our lifetime anyway.
2: Which is kind of about like all his movies are like ultimately based in like kindness. <laughs>
0: like Yes. Oh totally. That
2: is at the heart of all of his movies is like being kind. <laughs> it's like, please treat the world with respect.
1: Please treat your fellow person with kindness and respect, as if you would want to be treated. And that's um, that. Yeah, that's that's very much so who 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 he is. If you haven't seen Princess Mononoke, I would highly recommend watching it. It is a bit long, but the story in
0: itself is heart-wrenchingly beautiful. Truly, that that thing of kindness even sort of extends to. Um, Because I was going to say, my favorite uh, Miyazaki that's not, you know, Spirited Away is... uh, Is it Ponyo? Is it Ponyo? I haven't haven't seen Ponyo. I haven't seen Ponyo. Um, Is uh, Castle of Cagliostro, Mm. which is a Lupin the Third movie. Uh, Miyazaki did not create Lupin the Third, but he was hired to uh, direct a Lupin the Third movie that uh, he... It was his first film, but it still has all of the like flair and, you know, like visual style that his his later movies have, but it's applied to this just very fun like it's essentially like a James Bond movie if James Bond could defy physics. Um, <laughs> but the but at that point the character of of Lupin the 3rd was very much this like kind of gross ladies man in that sort of like, you know, 70s, you know, disco suit kind of guy way um that but for Miyazaki's movie he he decided to change that and basically make him more of like you know a romantic
2: person yeah he's 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 (laughs) he's
0: more of a romantic and he's like you know not a creep about it and like genuinely wants to save uh I, I can't remember the the female character's name um but, like, it, it really adds... It, it changes enough of the pH balance of it to make it way more tolerable and also, like, way more fun and compelling. That movie came out in, like, 1979, right? Yeah, it's 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 super old. Yeah. It, I mean, it was his first film.
2: Yeah. Huh. Um, That would be the one you're into.
0: Well, the other one I like is Porco Rosso. Well, that's a classic. Uh, that one's so good. I could watch that film every day. Porco Rosso is basically... Tailspin with a Michael Keaton pig. Yeah, Michael uh, Keaton pig. And it it whips. Um the the uh the gender roles in it, maybe not the greatest, maybe don't hold up super duper well. Well, here's the thing. That's but, the point
1: is that true he's defying gender roles, and you know, Porcarosa was turned into a pig because of what a fucking pig he was to women. That's true. Yeah. So that's that's true. That is once again a defying roles. And uh have you you've seen Kiki's
0: delivery service, right? I I haven't. I I oh, so I, I haven't seen a, so as cute. many Miyazaki's as I, as I as I've Mia meant to. But
2: he's seen more than me. <laughs> have
0: you seen Arietti? Uh no. It's like a like it's
1: like a new Thumbelina.
2: He he really just likes the, he really just likes the the horny ones and the plain ones.
0: Ah, well Arietti Ar- <laughs> is not horny and is has no planes. Not a plain one. And, and I, I I'm I like the one the plain ones that are exciting and the plain ones that are sad. <laughs> the, the wind rises, yeah. So if so, we could so just, both.
2: <laughs> so both plain ones. <laughs> yes, yeah, so both
0: plain ones, and then if we could get a a sad horny plane movie, that would I think scratch some other itches that need to be scratched.
2: Bad no. Sa- a sad a sad
0: plain movie like the princess bottom or the princess top.
2: Oh, god. Right, oh my god. Go. Hey, hey, we did it, folks!
0: We've come. All right, Jessica Gem, thank you for joining us today.
1: (laughs) Thank you for letting me rant about Miyazaki. I would love to come back and do uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and/or Great British Bake Off and/or take a
2: nap. Oh, we did Great British Bake Off once already, but uh, you and I are going to talk about that once you watch the episode. We have. We are gonna talk gonna talk talk. we got some gonna shit to talk. talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I, I texted I texted JJ last night after I watched Great British Bake Off at like one in the morning because I knew that she had already knew who went home because Paul Hollywood spoiled it for her on Instagram, just in like all caps. Yeah, she's <laughs> like <laughs> Brandon, you were still awake. You were still awake, and I was so mad. I was just walking around the house like the audacity. The audacity! <laughs> it's,
1: oh, once again, the last hurdle, man. Someone tripped at the last hurdle.
0: The wife is muttering about Noel Fielding again. Who isn't muttering about Noel Fielding?
2: <laughs> I mean, Noel Fielding's muttering about Noel Fielding.
0: It's true, he is
2: all the time. He's
0: doing, a, time. He's doing a little dance about it.
2: Oh, I missed. He the did start beach. the episode this week with a with a song. He made up a song about Partisserie, and then it got in my oh. head for the rest of the time.
1: I can't wait. I love when Noel Fielding sings weird shit. I'm old, Greg. Did he do it in
0: his fantasy man voice?
2: He just did it in his voice. Like I don't know, fantasy man, <laughs> fantasy man. No, it was not the <laughs> fantasy man voice.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I
1: really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure chatting and riffing and talking shit with y'all.
2: Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, or if people wanted to find more of your content, or the answer can be no. But <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna plug our bakery, Beth. Um, I have a I have a bakery called Strong Flour Bakes. Um, I do breads and sweet treats and patisserie and the whole nine. And um, if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram right now. The website will be up whenever I have Beth make Soon my website. We have Soon. to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about that. But um, you can find me on Instagram at Strong Flour Bakes. That's F L O U R, as in the flour that you use to make bread, not flowers that grow in the ground.
2: It's real good. Uh, I get to I get to eat a lot of the test stuff can recommend <laughs> very good
0: i get to eat a lot of the test stuff a day later you do get to
2: eat the test stuff a day later yeah
0: so come find me and order some baked goods on instagram the holidays are coming up and let me make you some weird shit
2: it's very good brandon what about you uh yeah um i've got
0: my normal uh uh bullshit and tomfoolery uh, all over the internet at hell yes brandon um Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour is the 3rd Wednesday of every month. Uh don't know if we have a December show yet.
2: Well, um, it would have been last week.
0: Oh. We may have had a December show. yet. Or actually no. Who knows? It would
2: have been this week. Never mind. Sorry. You want to start again? If you guys are doing a Happy Sappy, it will be the Wednesday after this comes out.
0: We we might we may or may not be having a Happy Sappy sometime in or around when this episode (laughs) I I told you that so
2: that you could say it again and you can cut around it if you want
0: oh no no I know I was just being obstinate
2: okay sounds right
0: but yeah uh, Happy Sappy Grown-Up Hour uh, third Wednesday of every month Um, Beth and I actually debuted a song on it last month which uh, you should be able to find all around your internet now called uh, Let's Talk About Politics This Christmas which was a song we wrote last year for Happy Sappy Grown-Up Hours uh, sort of like End of the year, let's all sit around the camp, the you know, metaphorical campfire and sing some songs. Show, um, and they wanted us to uh, properly record it this year, so uh, we've got that uh, floating around.
2: So we did. It was on their show last month about family, so that's why mm-hmm. we did. We did it for that one.
0: Um and uh, ink blot is uh, all around the internet. Uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, got some and live ideally, shows.
2: Your EP yeah, I- is ideally, your yeah,
0: ideally. Ideally, hat and a hat will be uh, will be dropping soon, or or will have dropped soon. If not, I'll probably launch it round about the beginning of the beginning of the year. Who knows? Uh, m- mixing is fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all I have.
2: All right. Uh, Yeah, as always, you can find me everywhere at B scores on the internet with a underscore at the end of that. But the easiest way to find me is to follow the podcast. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at at IntuitPod. We have a Facebook page if you get any mileage out of that. Uh, And you can find us uh, following the hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram, which is how you'll find me because I make all those posts. Um, In terms of show business, uh, we are looking at launching a Patreon in the new year, So stay tuned for info about that. And um, we hope that you guys might be willing to support us. Uh, And in terms of news, like I said, we've we've got our uh, we've got our cats episode finally coming next Monday. Uh, And then also next week, even though it is Christmas Eve, we will be doing our Twitch show this month. Um, We've got uh, Andrew Falkenhayner, who has been on the show previously. He did our Animal Crossing episode. Uh, He's going to join us. And uh, he was also in our wedding. Yes, um, he's going to be joining us to talk about Die Hard on Christmas Eve. We're very excited, so uh, make sure you check out Twitch if you're not doing anything Christmas Eve, because hopefully you're not going anywhere because uh, everything's still fucked. So yeah, don't
0: go anywhere don't for the do holiday. Yeah, don't go anywhere. Don't go home. Don't I go really, anywhere.
1: I really don't want to have a The Stand ending. Okay, I never thought that was going to be our our
0: thing. Oh fuck! The the miniseries of the Stand will be out by the time this episode airs. No, that looks wow. like it's gonna slap. That uh, uh, they talk about not reading the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. Steven's like, ah, oh, this is perfect. Perfect time to release a miniseries of the Stand.
2: <laughs> but yeah, see, so here's how bad have... it could have been. We have those two episodes next week. We've got Cats, and I think you'd be into it. And then uh, that will be it for the year. Since we did pre-record Cats, this is kind of the last time this year we'll be uh, talking to you guys other than the Twitch show. So uh, oh, yeah. if you don't watch the Twitch show, uh, we will talk to you again in the new year. And thank you so much for listening to us.
0: Yeah, thanks for uh, for coming back after we uh, didn't do a show for a year and a half because uh, of careers <laughs> um and uh it, it thanks a lot for you know joining us so consistently uh this this year as we uh you know because we wanted to bring back this show a to have a, a podcast like to have something to do, but also just like it's a it's just a good way to talk about talk with people about things that they want to talk about so like it's 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 been nice to just be able to like Talk with friends and some new people about cool stuff. That's not, you know, the fact that the the world is fucking ending every day in a new and exciting way. Um, Pretty much. So yeah, it's 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 been great to have the show back, and I'm I'm thank you all for sticking around.
2: So yeah, uh, we've got those two episodes next week, and then uh, we'll be back at you on January 4th with uh, Matthew Serrano the director of the Halix documentary which I will leave y'all hanging what that is till then (laughs)
0: oh I've talked about it on the show as my thing I'm into at least once
2: Uh, also thank you as always to Tiny Stills and Kaelin West for the use of our theme song starting over is a lot like giving up off the album falling is like flying and that is all the business I have
0: well JJ uh, thanks for uh, joining us again um, you're definitely in the three-timers society at this point, right?
2: No, just two. Well, you co-hosted an episode with me.
0: Oh my god, that was so long ago. Yeah,
2: yeah. That was, so. yeah, that was back before
0: we all got turned into pigs.
2: Yeah. Which actually, I'm gonna go watch the other half of Spirited Away. I watched half of it this morning while I was working. I'm gonna go finish watching it.
1: <laughs> Do it. Text me. I will. <laughs> Let's talk. I will talk. I and my- you
2: text me when you watch Great British Bake Off. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do right Uh. now. (laughs) And with that,
0: all that being said, podcast has credit cards and cash. (laughs) Credit cards and cash. Credit cards and cash. Credit cards and cash.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Please stop recording.
0: (laughs) Credit cards and cash. Cash and card. I'm just going to close the window.
2: We're just going to start recording. Credit card.
0: Credit cards and cash. I have both. Credit cards and cash. I don't know why anyone (laughs) listens to this show. Oh, it's a bathhouse. Credit cards and John
2: Ratzenberger. (laughs) Credit cards and cash.